0: Hello everyone, my name is Chung Ho Kwon. I'm one of pastors here at Plattewood's United Methodist Church. Welcome to online worship service once again. We all gasped when the news of mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas was spread out in last Tuesday afternoon, and our hearts are so heavy with grief. I would like to open my message with a prayer for the victims and their families. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we pray in silence We ask your peace and grace be with us all. Thank you for your peace and grace give your courage and hope to all survivors and the families and friends of victims in Texas. In Christ we pray. Amen. In summer 2014, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge went viral on social media. As you know, ALS is a progressive neurodegenerative disease. And the Ice Bucket Challenge encouraged participants to be filmed having a bucket of ice water poured on their heads and then nominating others to do the same. A common stipulation was that nominated participants had 24 hours to comply or forfeit by way of charitable financial donation. It was a creative, fun and meaningful way of funding ALS research and also supporting the patients and their families. And I was challenged by one of my colleagues and a group of children, including my own, proudly, passionately assisted their pastor to be a part of this mission. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) ALS is a livable disease. Plattewoods has church members living with ALS too. I hope you keep thinking of them, praying for them, and supporting their families. The reason I open this message with Ice Bucket Challenge is not only May is the ALS Awareness Month, but also it could be a good analogy we can understand today's topic, baptism. Baptism is one of the most creative, fun, memorable, and meaningful sacraments. It is new when it is compared to Communion, as we learned from Pastor Jess last Sunday Communion is originated from the Jewish Passover tradition. In the Old Testament, it is such an old tradition. Baptism is different. It is fresh, new spiritual practice from the time of Jesus. Baptism is to accept the freedom and power God gives us to reject and resist evil force, injustice, and oppression. And baptism is to proclaim we are free in Christ from the things tried to imprison our souls and minds. And I told you ALS Ice Bucket Challenge is a good analogy we can understand the meaning of baptism. It is not only because both things use water, but also the progress of this fatal disease can be compared to our spiritual weaknesses. ALS gradually takes away the freedom to walk, to talk, to laugh, to hug, to eat, and finally to breathe, even though their minds are still sound. Life without hope, joy, and love should gradually lose its taste, its flavor. When you are full of joy, you feel enriched by ordinary things in ordinary days such as walking, talking, laughing, hugging, eating, or breathing fresh air. When your hearts are heavy, you lose appetite, lose sleeping, laughing, talking, stop walking, or doing exercise. Baptism is an invitation to new life in Christ. And I believe it is to turn around uh, from the deadly life, hopelessness, looking for new hope, joy, and extraordinary faith in Christ, in God's grace. Today, I would like to talk more about baptism, what baptism meant in the Bible, and what it means to United Methodists. It is kind of a backstage tour of baptism in United Methodist Church. Every Christian knows about baptism. I would say every Christian has passed through the waters of baptism. Whether they belong to a denominational church or independent faith community, most Christians likely have been baptized at some point. But this is only the tip of the iceberg. Above the surface of the waters, there's apparent harmony, but below lurk jagged and sharp edges of differing opinions regarding what baptism actually means how it should be defined, and to whom it should be administered. Let's find what those things are to understand what baptism means to you and me. The Gospel of Mark, which is known the oldest gospel among four gospels, begins with the story of John the Baptizer. It is said, So John the Baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and the whole Judean region and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. In verse 7, he proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In the next verse, Jesus was baptized by John. In verse 10, the gospel author says, And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. In the gospel of Mark, the baptism of Jesus is the beginning of the entire narrative. In the first chapter, Mark defined clearly what the ministry of Jesus should be like. Jesus is the one who will baptize people with the Holy Spirit. Mark compares the baptism of John and Jesus. To John, baptism meant repentance for the forgiveness of sins. To Jesus, baptism is expanded to mean a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean the baptism of John is less important. His baptism is very unique. Biblical scholars believe John's baptism is a new creative practice of faith, which is different from any other temple practices in his time. It is even different from the purification practice of Qumnan community. The forgiveness of sins by water is different from the religious practices done in the Jerusalem temple. There was no need of blood and animal sacrifices in uh, John's baptism in Jordan River. There was no need of preparation time. What John required was a humble and penitent spirit, and anyone can be baptized. All sinners are welcome. All four Gospels describe that Jesus was baptized by John. Jesus humbly came to him. He walked into the river and was baptized by him. The first thing we can learn from baptism is that salvation begins with a humble spirit. The story of Jesus' baptism described both the baptizer and the baptized were humble. In the time of Jesus, John was kind of religious celebrity. Lots of people came to Jordan River to be baptized. John's father was known as one of great priests in Jerusalem. It is not difficult to imagine that this man was learned, actually well-educated. John was called a prophet. He was a Martin Luther King Jr. Or Billy Graham of his society. People knew his name. He was even a political threat to King Herod. Compared to John's background and religious career, Jesus was nobody. If he followed the narrative of Luke's gospel, John was slightly older than Jesus. They were almost in the same age. But Jesus was from Nazareth, which is a tiny, poor rural area his father was a carpenter which is a job for the uneducated people john had his disciples and many followers and river jordan was always crowded with people who came to see him but jesus was nobody when he came to receive baptism from him the greatness of john was in actually his humble spirit rather than his baptism performance as jesus was humbly baptized so john humbly lowered himself before him. In his baptism both John the baptizer and Jesus the baptized humbly opened themselves to God's grace and experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit. Actually the baptism of Jesus looks like a scene of ordination because Jesus began his ministry following his baptism and the time in the wilderness. Since the baptism of Jesus New Testament doesn't talk much about baptism. Jesus was baptized only once. The Bible doesn't record that He baptized people. The baptism as a sacrament of church is based on His last commandment after His resurrection. In the Gospel of Mark and Matthew, Jesus said, Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. The one who believes and is baptized will be saved but the one who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus also said in Matthew, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. It is true that baptism took a more important role in the book of Acts and St. Paul's letters than in the four Gospels. Baptism was the outward sign of conversion to Christ in Jerusalem. Peter baptized thousands of Jews, and they became the disciples. The stories of baptism in the book of Acts are most dramatic moments in the early church history. In his letter to Galatia, St. Paul talked about baptism. He says, For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith, as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Here we can find the meaning of baptism is evolved from what we read from the stories of John's baptism in the four gospels. His baptism is about individual repentance and forgiveness of sins. To St. Paul, the word baptism is used to signify all believers are now one in Christ. So when we are baptized, we are to receive Christ. The name Christ becomes our badge or our uniform. Believers become one team, one community in Christ. There is no discrimination by race, gender, and social status. We are all one in Christ to St. Paul, as communion is the Lord's table, so baptism is the Lord's baptism. It is open to everyone, everyone regardless of one's race, gender, can be baptized. Baptism is an invitation to Christ, not to a church or denomination. In this sense, the theology of baptism in United Methodist Church is aligned with Paul's understanding. In United Methodist Church, baptism is not the invitation to a church or UMC. It's an invitation to Christ. So people who are already baptized are not uh, re-baptized when they join in United Methodist Church. Methodist Church believes baptism is about one's relationship with Christ. Once you are baptized, you are in Christ, with Christ wherever you serve or live. It is like a relationship with your family Where you guys live, you and your spouse, you and your children are still called as a family. Unfortunately, not all churches and denominations understand the meaning of baptism like we United Methodists do. From the early church period, there were controversial issues on baptism. Sometimes it was a matter of life or death. One of well-known episodes is the baptism of uh, Constantine. Constantine decreed tolerance for Christians in the Edict of Milan and convened an ecumenical council to discuss Christian dogma and heresy, and this emperor changed the history of church in the world. And most people consider Constantine a Christian from the Milvian Bridge in 312, but he was not baptized until a quarter century later. Constantine may not have been a Christian until his deathbed baptism. What did makes him postpone his baptism until his deathbed? Why did he wait? Historians say he knew that an emperor had to do the things that were against Christian teachings, so he waited until he no longer had to do such things. If that is true, His understanding of baptism is considered as one of the most radical opinions on baptism and salvation. This emperor understood Christ is the only Lord to to the baptized. They are expected to follow Christ and obey purely his teaching and the law of church for their salvation. There is no turning back. I respect his opinion on baptism in a sense, even though he misunderstood baptism and salvation. He was seriously misguided by his own theology. The story of his baptism is an example of how baptism means different in the life of believers. Constantine is not the only one who had an issue with it. To some Christians, baptism is only a remembrance of the work of Christ. To others, baptism is a means by which God cleanses a person from sin. To some churches, it is a sign of the covenant. To others, it is a token of believers' faith and commitment to God. Some churches baptize only adults who make a profession of faith by themselves. Others baptize both adults and infants. The early church discussed trivial matters such as the right temperature of water for baptism, they seriously asked whether warm water could be allowed in baptism or not. It was because Easter was the only time of baptism in the early church period. And as you know, Easter is in the early spring. Running water was so cold, some people believed using cold water is only biblical. Others thought warm water in baptism is fine. Another big issue was re-baptism. It became controversial since the third century. It still matters in United Methodist Church to become an ordained pastor in Methodist Church. The candidates are required to explain why Methodist churches don't re-baptize people. Now I invite you to the backstage of baptism in uh, Methodist Church. According to the Book of Disciplines of United Methodist Church, communion and baptism are defined as signs or means of grace. God's good will toward us. The Book of Discipline says, we believe baptism signifies entrance into the household of faith and is a symbol of repentance and inner cleansing from sin, a presentation of the new birth in Christ Jesus, and a mark of Christian discipleship. Like the name of our denomination, Methodists uh, like to unite various thought and theological perspectives on baptism. And our understanding of baptism is to recognize various meanings of baptism in Christian tradition and practice it as a visible tool of God's grace toward all people. It is similar to our understanding of communion. As Methodist communion is open table and everyone is welcome, so we recognize all baptism done in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that involve water and are done by someone who is authorized by other churches or denominations to baptize. It doesn't mean our baptism is a cheap grace. It is opposite. In some Christian denominations, baptism guarantees salvation, but we are not. We believe baptism begins God's work of saving us by cleansing us of sin and beginning the work of renewing us fully into the image of Christ. The key word here is the beginning. Baptism is the beginning. It starts the process, the relationship with Christ. Baptism does not complete salvation, it is just beginning. So if you were baptized, you already began this process, so you don't need to be baptized again. Now let's talk about technical stuff on baptism. We, Plato's church, Schedule baptism in the last Sunday of each month. In May, we added Mother's Day as another baptism Sunday. People can be baptized in either 9.30 or 11 o'clock worship. Private baptism is also available for those who are not available to come to church in Sunday or choose not to stand in front of the crowd. In this case, the baptized and a few witnesses are only invited. There are three method of baptisms. Pouring is like the ice bucket challenge, even though it is more gentle and no ice in water, and sprinkling is used for infant baptism, and immersion baptism is available in our worship center. As a pastor, baptism is one of the most meaningful moments in ministry. I talked to one of my former district superintendents who asked me, how does your ideal church look like? I told him with no hesitation, it is a church with more baptism than funerals. Baptism is prerequisite for church membership, whether you were baptized in a different denomination or United Methodist Church. If you are interested in being baptized and a member of Platte Woods, you can visit our church webpage and fill out the baptism request form and click submit form, and one of our pastors should contact you. Let me conclude this message with our baptismal covenant. When you are baptized, You, your parents, or your guardians said yes to the following questions. This baptismal covenant reveals our worldview as well as the purpose of our faith journey. We confirm that spiritual forces of wickedness and evil powers exist in the world, and we will renounce them, and we believe we affirm that God gives us freedom and power to resist all forms of evil, injustice, and oppression in the world. And the purpose of our spiritual journey is to follow Jesus, put our whole trust in His grace and serve Him in union with His church. In the baptismal covenant, we say I do to the first three questions and say I will to the last one, which means baptism is to be a part of invisible church, universal church, as well as our local faith community. When I finish reading each question, I hope you answer loud so I can hear your voice. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sins? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ As your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and genders, and races? And according to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? Let us pray. Holy God, we are all your children through faith in Christ Jesus. We who were baptized into Christ have clothed ourselves with Christ. We believe there's no discrimination in our faith community, for we are all one in Christ. Amen.